heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. We see comments uh, today that are pretty hot, actually, coming from the White House and President Joe Biden. When it comes to global support and uh, the state of Israel, we've seen how this has been played previously, historically. So we predicted this would happen. I can't say we're shocked, uh, but I think the delicate part of this is how the Biden administration can sort of try to play both sides of that conversation. And you have to remember the, the caveat to this whole thing. And that is that you're in an election year and he has loosened support within many of his block of supports. And God knows he needs all the support he can get uh, based on the current trajectory of the nation for sure. Welcome into the voice of a nation. It is indeed Malcolm out loud here. Lots to talk about on this topic today. Two wonderful voices are with me today, by the way. And uh, let me tell you who they are right now. Claire Lopez will be here. She's the founder and president of Lopez Liberty. She's a national security expert. I haven't talked to Claire in a long time, but excited to have her on. Always just a terrific voice for freedom. And uh, she's an advisory board member to the Near East Center for Strategic Engagement. And also joining me is our very own Ilana Friedman. She's a veteran intelligence analyst, as you know, advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions, great author. Uh, she's author of multiple books and many on Hamas. Wrote the books about Hamas before many even knew who Hamas was, frankly. And uh, that says plenty right there. But she's predicted a lot of these things in her books. And those are in the America Out Loud bookstore, to be sure and at any bookstore, my fellow Americans. So uh, please look those up. Let me get right to this report off the Newswire, and it goes like this. President Joe Biden appeared Tuesday to offer his harshest criticism yet of the Israeli government since the Hamas terrorist attack 7 October, saying that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has a tough decision to make. He made the remarks at an off-camera campaign reception in Washington, suggesting that Netanyahu's government is hindering a long-term solution. Now, listen to those words, friends. I'm going to interject here. Hindering a long-term solution. You cannot make this stuff up at all. I quote, back to this uh, newswire, it, it says, I quote, I think he has to change, Biden says. And with this government, this government in Israel, is making it very difficult for him to move. These are the comments from Joe Biden now. The president said that far-right members of the Israeli government do not want a two-state solution with the Palestinians, and that, and that changes must be made to the government. It's remarkable. We are still talking about a two-state solution, friends. I mean, I can say unequivocally at this point, this is me speaking now, not the newswire, but how do you possibly, in God's green earth, have a two-state solution with people who want to kill you and who have showed their hand, filmed it, videoed it, sent it around the world, and did the barbarian, evil, Satanist attack that they did? How could you possibly coexist with anybody of that magnitude anywhere close to the neighborhood? I mean, granted, 
Israel's in a bad neighborhood to begin with, but this is ridiculous. And the words hindering a long-term solution and calling out the government. Biden says this is the most conservative government in Israel's history, speaking of Israel, of course. Perhaps that's why they're winning the war. Perhaps that's why they'll do away with Hamas. Perhaps that's why they are moving quick enough here to, to turn evil to good. Maybe that's why. Uh, the president warned that Israel is beginning to lose support in Europe and around the world with allies because of its military offensive against Hamas and Gaza and the rising number of civilian deaths. And the president reiterated that Israel can learn from the mistakes that the U.S. made after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Wow. I, I, I'm stunned at the comments, friends. I'm stunned. And to finish that up, he says, and I quote, as I said after the attack, my commitment to the safety of the Jewish people, the security of Israel, and the right to exist as an independent state is unshakable. <laughs> it's, I mean, talk about, talk it out of all sides of your mouth. I mean, how do you do that when you're being bombed every hour of the day from all sides, all fronts? And then they come in and do these kinds of things. How can you possibly say that? The president did go on, President Biden, and did say this, which is an interesting comment, actually. He says, folks, were there no Israel, there wouldn't be a Jew in the world that was safe. Clear, I want to ask you right out. I'm just keeping it real now, a moment. I mean, really, just tell me honestly, your heart of hearts. It's a two-state solution. Uh, a real thing? I mean, could that even remotely, I mean, how does that happen under these circumstances? How? Well, I take your point, Malcolm, absolutely. But I would say, first of all, uh, that the uh, the Arabs, the Muslims of the region already got their two-state solution in 1948. It's called Jordan. In 1922, the League of Nations, at the end of World War II, uh, World War One granted the British the British mandate with the assignment to establish in that British mandate a homeland, modern-day nation-state for the Jewish people. But the British, instead of doing what they were assigned to do by the League of Nations, split that Palestinian mandate, the British mandate for Palestine, they split it sliced off two-thirds, maybe three-quarters of it, and gave it to the Hashemite clan that had been dislodged out of Mecca by Ibn Saud as he unified the tribes of the Arabian Peninsula under his rule. And because the British had fought together with the Hashemites and other Arabs against the Turkish Ottoman Empire in World War I, they felt close to. They felt sympathy for the Hashemites having been dispossessed as the former Sharifs of Mecca. And so they gave them this two-thirds, three-quarters of the British mandate that was supposed to go to the Jewish people, gave it to the Arabs, gave it to the Hashemites. In 1948, the United Nations, which had succeeded the League of Nations, ratified that decision, and the modern-day never before existing state of Jordan was established. They got their second uh, two-state solution 
70 uh, whatever years ago. Yeah, uh, it's a perfect uh, intro to history for you to share what you just shared, uh, Claire, to bring people aware and abreast of the fact that this has existed, that they've had opportunities for peace. And there's a history here. There's a history of, of uh, what we're dealing with today and this, this constant violence. But clear, here's the thing. Sure, with all that said, I mean, when, when a state says when their mandate is to remove you, uh, exterminate you from the planet, and they make that their, their mission, their, their mandate, and they make it very clear that's what they want. Uh, death to Israel, death to America. That comes next after Israel. But surely Israel is the appetizer for the West. This isn't truly solely about the Jews. This is about all the infidels. This is about everybody that doesn't fall to that doctrine. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, absolutely. So, I mean, again, we need to go back in history, of course, yeah. and to uh, have a look at the Quran, which is believed to be the literal word of God, of Allah. Uh, by which is which is not God, I have to interject, which is not our God of the West. It's not. Well, Allah is just the Arabic language word for God, just like Dios in Spanish or Dieu in French. Allah means God in Arabic. Right, but it's not the one of the same. It's not the same God. Well, I'm a monotheist, so I, I don't believe in multiple gods. But um, those who do uh, might say that there are multiple gods, one for the Muslims, one for the Jews, one for the Christians, perhaps. I don't know. Gotcha. All right. So in any case, though, uh, this this conflict between Islam uh, and all uh, of Dar al-Harb, the house of war, those places not conquered and subjugated to Islamic law, to Sharia, that goes back. 1400 years or almost. Um, but if we bring it up to the modern day, let's let's fast forward and look at the 1988 covenant of Hamas, which was published uh, at its a formal founding in 1988. Uh, it's online, by the way, in English, translated. And in the opening lines of that covenant, Hamas's covenant, it says, quote, Israel exists and will continue to exist until Islam, not Hamas, not Palestinians, until Islam will obliterate it as it has obliterated others before it, end quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have read it clear. I know exactly what you're talking about. And it, you just said it. It's in English. It's right there. That's the mandate right there. That's the doctrine. Yeah, and, and this goes for Sunnis as well as Shiites. As we know, um, the uh, Islamic Republic of Iran, which is Shiite, uh, operates often, uh, perhaps preferably, through proxies, Islamic terror proxies. Among these are the Shiite Hezbollah of Lebanon, but also the Sunni Hamas of Gaza. And, and this is where... Uh, the unity of Islam comes into play. Uh, the other part of Dar al-Harb is Dar al-Islam. Dar al-Islam, house of Islam, meaning all of it. Yeah. And that is how a Shiite regime like Tehran's uh, can and does support Sunni uh, Islamic jihadis, yeah. proxies. Others are Shiite, yes, like uh, Hezbollah, like uh, the Houthis in Yemen, like 
Palestinian Islamic Jihad in Gaza, but they unify uh, to oppose uh, the non-Muslim world, the Dar al-Harb. You know, Claire, think about this. I'm going to bring Alana into the conversation here a moment here, but I want you to think about this, um, that, uh, you know, with this long history of what we're speaking about here in the region and with what you just pointed out, the, the doctrine of Islam, and I like the way you pointed out, this is beyond the Palestinian people or beyond Hamas, the terrorist group or whatever. You're exactly right. Um, and, and people need to understand that. But, you know, understand the history of some of the things you've already shared is interesting. It's important. People need to understand that. But I think a lot of people, they gloss over it. And a lot of people really believe that the Middle East is so beyond help that they just totally turn the channel or ignore the conversation entirely. And, and I remember that even as a young man growing up, it was constant through some of the earlier presidents in my life where you'd hear it all the time. And it became a sort of talking point. People get, um, they get uh, uh, fatigue, you know what I mean? Clear fatigue with Middle East politics. It's very complicated. But what I want you to think about is how do we convince people the severity of this conversation that if you don't pay attention, it's coming to a neighborhood near you soon. If people don't get that point a lot, they miss it entirely. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, And I would I would point to comments uh, made just within the last week or so by our own FBI director, Christopher Wray, um, speaking before Congress, where he said, uh, with reference, uh, the irony, uh, with reference to our wide open southern border, a key policy of the Biden administration, which employs him, uh, that all the lights are blinking red. Oh, yeah. That he, Christopher Wray, director of the FBI, is seeing so many warning signs of impending terrorism and terrorist attacks inside the homeland, inside the United States, because of all the unknown, unvetted, unbackground checked illegal aliens that have poured across our Southern border over the last couple and a half years, almost three years Well, you're connecting some dots here in a big way. And yeah, and our listeners know we've been all over this story to be sure. It was uh, a big focus on Viewpoint this Sunday on the weekend. It's been a focus of the broadcast. Yeah, we were all over Ray's comments. He says some pretty startling things. Uh, And in fact, Tom Homan was on, uh, as you know, uh, who worked with the Trump administration closely, will probably be in the next administration. Uh, with Homeland Security, uh, he um, uh, spoke very, uh, you know, very anonymously about this and and thought, to, he said, well, okay, we hear Christopher Ray, the FBI director, but where has he been for the last few years of the, why all of a sudden now is he seeing the lights, the lights that he said, if he sees the same things I'm seeing, Tom Homan said, he would have been on this much sooner. But I think things are, things are getting so grave right now uh, in America that it's just a matter of time now. And I think a lot of people believe something's going to happen between now and the election because they know you got the weakest administration and the weakest president, uh, probably in our lifetimes for sure. 
right now in the White House. And there are people, the experts are fearful that we're going to pay a price for this just ahead. And we see what's happening. And still, they're not doubling down and doing anything. Well, they're not fixing that border. They're doing nothing about it. They're doubling down on their reckless policies is what they're doing. And they're leaving it wide open to your point, clear. So we'll come back to more of that. Uh, it, it is. But yeah, the blinking red lights are something we've been all over here. Uh, and we do get it. The seriousness of it back to coming to a neighborhood near you. Not only that, but crime everywhere is off the charts. I mean, I'm seeing it every day. There are reports coming in here and other things for things that are happening because of this influx of criminal. The criminality coming over the border here is is shocking. Let me bring in Ilana Friedman now, Ilana. And Ilana, right now, bring us up to date. And let's do this. Um, right now, I'm going to bring it back to the Middle East and bring it back to uh, to Gaza and uh, bring it back to uh, southern Gaza, where uh, this uh, uh, conflict is hot right now. And uh, what are some we're seeing? You know, we've we've discovered a lot of things about the tunnels. We've discovered a lot of things about the booby traps, things we kind of knew would be there. But we're now seeing. And yet this was all done, Ilana, under the guise of the United Nations, the Red Cross, the uh, the UNRWA were all there. All those international agencies have seen all this stuff for the last, uh, what, 15, 20 years out there. The stuff didn't happen overnight. Uh, get, bring us up to date of what do you see on the ground right now in that area, and what do you think about this? Uh, uh, the, these comments here. Well, first of all, uh, you mentioned the uh, UNRWA, which is the United States Re uh, Refugee Program, for only for Palestinians. It's a it's a, a an organization that was sent up set up um, <clears throat> to just for what they the, what they call Palestinian refugees and they have the people are still refugees 75 years later it's amazing um and Shocking. so are their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren and so forth so um, they'd be well hold on now you bring up a good point a lot of that's they've become part of the infrastructure there and they're built right into it in fact that's why they're part of the I mean I, I'm not impressed with that group I mean they're part of the problem aren't they well, they're more than part of the problem. They're they're complicit in the problem. That's right. And 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 this is this is something that that Israel has known for a long time and has really been quite helpless about it because the United Nations is so anti-Israel. Um, I, I I think you know this already that that there are more anti-Israel declarations by the United Nations than there are uh, for for. Um, inhumane activities than there are for all other countries in the United Nations. It's crazy. Israel is this tiny little country with 9 million people. And, and, and uh, that is, that's part of the problem is that the United Nation is complicit in, in this. But if you take it further, ha Hamas has been in, in power now. Uh, they were voted in power in, uh, uh, in 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 what looked to be like a landslide, but then they went around and killed all their opponents by throwing them off the roofs and dragging them behind cars and 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 horrible things. They are very very cruel people. Um, well, and, in October seventh, showcase that to the world. Absolutely. Not only are they cruel people, Alana, but they're proud of it. I mean, they put they're the proud pro, of it. pro goes camps, the pro goes on there, the GoPros, and they went and shot it all. Showed the world. This, I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. No, you can't. It's 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 far too horrible for most of us to even think about. 
but I, uh, what's happening now is that Israel has come in with guns blazing. They are, um, they have actually uh, gotten to the point where Hamas is um, has really lost its grip on on um, on the territory that we call Gaza, and and uh, what is now happening is that. Uh, the IDF, the Israel Defense Forces, are finding uh, many things that we simply, you know, couldn't have have believed w- was possible. They did a midnight. Well, let's let's put that aside for a minute. Um, they did a um, a a, a ser- They've been doing a search for um, these tunnels right. to see how far they now. They found eight hundred some odd tunnels, and they have destroyed five hundred. Uh, but the word now, and this is almost brand new, um, is that Israel has begun to flood the tunnels. Oh, with that seawater. is happening now. We talked about that you That's, and I on yeah. the weekend. Yeah. Well, they yes, and they set up the pumps, but they were debating whether or not to actually do it. And there are a lot of reasons why not to do it because the it the after effects of seawater in the aquifer and and uh, uh, destay maybe destabilizing the the ground and. There's there are a lot of reasons that uh, and and just for ecological reasons, but the other problem is that the other side of the problem is that these tunnels represent such a grave danger to uh, everybody who lives above them, because Hamas doesn't really care about the Gazans. In fact, you know they they've been screaming about getting humanitarian aid to Israel. To, to Gaza, rather, some of it from Israel, a lot of it from Israel, and, and some for, through uh, Egypt, through the Rafah uh, crossing. And Israel has actually opened up two more gates uh, on the northern side, on the Israeli side, wow. to uh, to facilitate this. And they've set up check stations, so they check the stuff going in, and that's fine. But what happens to this uh, these so-called humanitarian aid when it gets into Gaza? It's immediately stolen by the uh, by Hamas, and we have videos to see that they they have uh, attacked the the Gazans with with huge clubs and sticks and stolen this humanitarian aid from them. The people are still starving, but it's not because of the Israelis; it's because of Hamas. Right, right, and and that's been their mo, though they they always do that, Alana. We predicted that was going to happen as well, as you recall. You know, absolutely. Yeah, yes, I mean, this absolutely. is what a terrorist that, group does. Nothing. Let's that, put it this: nothing is beneath a group of, uh, and they're it's hard to well, you can't even really call them human. I don't know what the hell you call these uh, these creatures, uh, Ilana. They're a freak of nature, is what they are. But uh, they're, they're indoctrinated into a system. Uh, from young, young, they beat it into these people, and that's all they know, uh, basically, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's true, and but now I'm I'm very disturbed by what Joe Biden said, um, at when he he had this um, yeah. uh, diatribe um, the other day, um, he he warned that Israel was losing international support because of its quote indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. And that's really very unusually strong language. Uh, but it's not even accurate language. It's not even and true. It's absolutely true. not accurate. Israel does not carry out indiscriminate bombing. Their bombing is precise and with enormous accuracy. And Biden may not like the targets. 
which are sometimes civilian homes, schools, mosques. But that's because those are the places that Hamas puts its guns and rocket launchers. And in fact, the IDF found a Hamas rocket and drone production site next to Gazan's children's bedroom. And it was located right next to schools. And it was located right next to within a residential community. This is what they do. They do not care about the Gazans. No, They'll no, kill that's them pretty in clear. In a heartbeat. Everybody should know that point by now. And if they don't know that, they're not paying attention. Uh, clearly, that's a given. Everything. I mean, we, we know this is crazy what's happening here. One of the other striking things, and I don't know, let me talk to both of you on this, and I, I assume you, I'm, well, I know you both know this, I'm sure, but, uh, and, well, this gets interesting, actually. This is actually gets into ideology and a little bit uh, philosophical in the way that, you know, um, we're seeing now, unusually so, uh, large groups of the Hamas, um, uh, the Hamas uh, terrorists, uh, be the guess the word we use, uh, they're surrendering. Now, these people are, they're taught never to surrender. In fact, they're taught that the gift is to go to that Allah uh, and uh, all of that business. And uh, But now they're surrendering in, in large numbers and they're giving up and we're seeing patterns of that now happening. Clear, are you seeing that? Do you, do you can you verify yes, that? Uh, yes, I've very definitely seen that. And as a matter of fact, uh, just yesterday, I recorded a uh, short video, just a couple minutes long, for The United West. TheUnitedWest.com is where you can go to see that little video. Okay. Um, and I talked about this very <clears throat> subject of these many, many dozens, even hundreds of Hamas jihadis uh, surrendering to the IDF. Uh, they're down to their skivvies sitting on the uh, ground. Of course, they have to make sure that they don't have explosives uh, hidden under clothing. Uh, and then also uh, images of them being uh, carted off in the backs of trucks for interrogation and eventually on to Israeli prisons. And I, the point that I made in the little video I made, again, theunitedwest.com or .org, either one will take you there. Uh, the point I made is that that imagery, I think, is significant and 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 important. Uh, number one, it is aimed at the remaining Hamas uh, terrorists who are still fighting uh, in the tunnels underground in Khan Yunus in the south and somewhat in the north as well of Gaza. Uh, that is meant to show them how many, you know, of their comrades are uh, surrendering, perhaps demoralize them encourage them to likewise uh, surrender before right. they meet the business end of an Israeli uh, Uzi. Uh, but it's also aimed, the visuals, the the um, images of these uh, fighters uh, surrendering, mm -hmm. also meant for the neighboring uh, countries around Israel. Um, okay. it, it is very much a question of the strong horse versus the weak horse. And imagery has a lot to do with the conclusions that those surrounding governments and states, whether they are partners already of Israel, perhaps future potential partners or adversaries, the imagery is important to show that Israel is winning. Israel is defeating and dismantling Hamas. Right, right. That 
imagery is 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 uh, but what why are they why are they doing it why we don't we never that is not a normal act here where these uh, soldiers these hamas terrorists these soldiers these these people they don't surrender they typically don't and not only are they uh, surrendering but i understand reports are they're given a lot of information up in fact well they're they're, right? they're they're being they're they're already being flooded out of the tunnels uh, as well as the special units of the IDF. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, I, I think American special forces have been down there as well, working with their uh, Israeli Interesting. Partners. Hold on. You think that's happening to even the opinion, whole hostage thing, have, but it's not, but it's not no, being it, reported, it, correct? Not reported. And I can't say uh, to give you a citation or a source, but that's my opinion. I understand. And the reason being, yeah. uh, number one, that Americans are hostages among all of the others, including many, many Israelis and other nationalities. But secondly, because our special forces, Delta, uh, SEALs and so forth, uh, train regularly in tunnel warfare yeah. with the IDF's own special units for tunnel warfare. So yeah. that's my opinion. That's that's how okay. I'm looking right. at it. Yeah. But in any case, um, not only are they already flooding the tunnels mm -hmm. uh, with the seawater, for better or for worse, as Alana was pointing out there, right. uh, but the uh, the special tunnel units, the tunnel rats, they call them, um, are down there, uh, you know, going after the remaining uh, Hamas jihadis, and in particular on the hunt for the remaining top leadership right. of Hamas in Gaza, Yahya Sinwar. And Mohammed right, Dini. right, definitely looking for him. Yeah, Sinwar. Both do you, do you um, Ilana? Do you have any other intelligence on this point of uh, please of the um, uh, the U.S. forces in there that Claire shares? Do you have any thoughts to that end? We, yeah, I have. I have thoughts, and I I agree with what Claire is saying. And in fact, the information that I have is that we have been been sending special ops um, down into uh, Gaza with the Israelis. Um, but it, it's not something that's that is public. Well, or, no, they or, don't want it to out there know. because they don't want people to think we're but involved I, in I, any way I because believe... of the attacks coming against America. How many of these hostages, Ilana, do you think? I mean, I mean, you say they're in the tunnels. I get it. The flooding. I get that. They're probably checking out to see if any of the are not. But how many how many of these? Do we have any idea? It's like 130 something left, I believe. Do we know if any of these yeah. people are still alive or dead? Or do you know anything? Well, more we about know it? that some of them have died. We 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 do know that. And uh uh, some some of them we know their names, some of them we don't. Uh, you know, we just uh, they they've been starving them, they've been um, uh, beating them, they've been depriving them of water, of light, of air. Uh, I don't think that that the survival at this point is going to be. Um, I'm not very optimistic about it because right, right, uh, right. and yeah, and even the, some of the Hamas, ones that were already given, uh, some of the ones that have already talked a lot of that were rescued. They have talked. In fact, I'd like to. I'll tell you what. I got to take a pause here, but I want to talk to both of you about what reports you might have about the um, hostages. As far as some of what I'm speaking of, some of the reports after they were many of these were released uh, that. Uh, what they went through, the conditions they went through. I've heard some pretty horrific reports of some of that as well. I mean, I would imagine, which is what we said early on, these people will never be the same, if at all, in any pr productive life. I mean, it's, yeah, it's sad. I, I get emails in from listeners all the time asking why we don't talk more about the hostages 
I get people that I've gotten multiples of them in saying, why don't you talk more about the hostage? Why don't you talk more about the Americans? Why don't you talk more about? Well, frankly, we did talk about this early on. And I, I said that and we we said I had experts on that talked about this and said that, you know. I mean, they are going to be basically uh, become the vast majority of this would be casualties of war that. These were going to be used exactly the way they were taken. It is a sad state of affairs and that, uh, you know, it's a propaganda tool to sort of try to bring Israel to its knees in ways that, uh, you know, your sacrifice, well, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of other lives for that's exactly the game that Hamas was playing. And we knew those that those hostages would all be pretty close to considered casualties of this event, sadly, as well as the 12 to 1400. And we see all kinds of numbers there, but, you know, on October 7th. And so we have talked about it. And sadly, those others who have come out, what is their life going to be like ahead is, I think, a pretty serious question to ask, maybe Claire and Ilana. And you know, and, and what kind of sacrifices does Israel continue to make based on this? They've already done the ceasefire for all those days. Uh, we, we hear reports as well. Another thing to ask you, to, ladies, to consider is, you know, I'm hearing reports that their Hamas is asking for another ceasefire with more hostages and they're ready to do that. And where does all that sit with the pressure of this is another quandary to bring up and discuss. Anyways, there's a lot here to this story. Uh, and there's some other things with the United Nations that... Uh, are irritating, um, to, to put it mildly. Uh, and, you know, the corruptness of the United Nations is beyond the pale today, friends. I mean, why we still house the uh, General Assembly in our country and why we still give the kind of money and support we give to this dysfunctional group. <clears throat> and I would suggest to you that uh, it is time to turn the page <clears throat> on some of these international bodies that are so corrupt and uh, so not worth the fight, you know? So um, anyways, a lot more there as well. Uh, let me take a moment here just to regroup a moment as we uh, take a pause here on the voice of a nation. And uh, let me give you the lineup of some things that are going to happen here. Uh, we're, we, we have our whole new platform and website coming off the ground. Uh, do join us on January 1st, uh, 2024 uh, at noontime. Uh, with a champagne launch, and we'll be celebrating a new new day and a new get ready for a, a busy news year in 2024. But we will have a whole new site to release and launch that we've been working on our team and excited to uh, bring this. It's going to be groundbreaking. There will be some interesting things there that you won't see in other news sites. And uh, we always stay a step ahead, and you're going to see that again here to be sure. Uh, throughout the holidays, uh, on Christmas being on Monday, the 23rd, 24th, 25th of that weekend, we'll be, we will be playing what's sort of become our tradition, Christmas classics. Uh, and, they, and they really are the classics you don't hear anymore and a lot of loved voices. And so we will be playing a lot of those uh, that weekend. And we get requests for it every year. People love it. And we see the analytics are shockingly surprised. People do love it. They tune in. And anyways, we will play those on those days that weekend into Monday, Christmas Day. We'll be playing on the network for the first time ever, best of 
between Christmas and New Year's. We've never done that before. It's the first time ever. And the reason for that is many of our hosts wanted the time for respite with their families and loved ones as well. And frankly, our team needed the time to be get to regroup and, and recalibrate for the new year, for the new site and the new platform. So it worked out perfectly to take that week and to be able to really uh, bring it all together. And that's what we'll be doing here. We'll be working hard on this side at America Out Loud to be sure, but we're getting ready for a lot of exciting things in the new year. So do join us on the first, enjoy the Christmas classics and all the great programming between Christmas and New Year's will be there. And uh, we, we surely invite you in there, but uh, getting ready for some exciting things ahead, friends. Uh, visit us back at americaroutloud.shop. We have all the tools to be healthy there. All the various things you need to have a healthy life. We've been talking about a great deal with our doctors and our, uh, our nurses and doctors and medical doctors and naturopathic doctors and all the different talent we have on the network here. So, uh, um, again, check that out. There's some great products in there for you, and especially as we're fighting a lot of these problems coming through the season and things we've been talking about with this mycoplasma pneumonia that has now come out of China. We've been talking about it here with uh, our experts. And uh, so uh, you want to stay healthy, especially people like my wife who had COVID pneumonia. You don't want to be contracting these kinds of things. So you need to stay healthy. A uh, healthy immune system is how to prevent some of that, frankly, and stay on top of things. Uh, tune into some of the medical programs and get the latest there and tune into and check out the shop and get some of those things that make sense for you. We'll take a pause and come back with a whole lot more here with uh, Claire Lopez and Alana Friedman in just moments on The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's the perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption improving digestion and your gut health available in vanilla and chocolate flavors elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15 percent off using the code outloud global healing giving you the power to take control of your health naturally the pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. 
We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. We join you back here. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, and uh, love to all of you out there from sea to shine and sea here on The Voice of a Nation. Uh, we're talking um, Israel politics here, and I think these comments from uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, in regards to Benjamin Netanyahu and um, uh, were shocking. Uh, some of the things he's called out, they make no logical sense, but then again, most of the things uh, this uh, president says make no sense at all, uh, frankly, and that is a fact. It's not an opinion. Uh, people shake their heads, uh, and that's everybody, Democrats, Republicans, independents, everybody knows that. It's not a, not a surprise. That's why he's at historical lows. That's why he's losing and all these things. And there's no way this country is going to give the keys to the car to the Marxist left. I mean, they see what's in it for them, and it's not good. It's not good at all. What's really shocking here is he talks about the world's support, the global support. But then again, the United Nations. You know, what gets me is they come out and they call it, I see in the reports a, a day or two ago here, they call it a spiraling humanitarian nightmare in Gaza. And, you know, friends, it, it very well is all of that. But it was also a humanitarian nightmare and then some on October 7th. And frankly, to take it one step further, it's a humanitarian nightmare. The people who have to live with these missiles coming over every hour of the day as part of their life with sirens going off and everything in the state of Israel because they want death to Israel. And that's the mandate of Islam. And then some, and then the rest of us after that. And that's a fight we talk about here all the time, isn't it now? But they call it a humanitarian nightmare. And, it, it, you know, I, I just, the words just, they... It's like they, my skin crawls when I hear that. I mean, what do you think Israel went through on October? What do you think they always go through? Of course, it's it's all you. It all sucks. It's all bad. Of course, it is. There's not nobody that is fighting the good fight that understands this. Want to see anybody harmed? War is messy. It's it's ugly. It, it's uh, you know it's uh, it's not good. But it is a fact of life sometimes when you're fighting evil forces. As Ilana pointed out, when you're dealing with terrorist groups, they use innocent people in the way, and they've used them as tools. That's what they've done. They've used all of those people, the Palestinian people, the Arabs, as tools to get to what they want. And they've brainwashed many of them, most of them. They've all been brainwashed. Many of them don't even know what's coming. And then I report just before the poor, some of these folks, uh, you know, uh, surrendering which is shocking as to why that would happen. Uh, these, um, I still don't understand. Well, okay, if they're flooding the tunnels, you got the hostages, all of that. Uh, clear, I, you know, I got to tell you, Clear Lopez, I, I just, you know, 
this whole thing with the hostages, you, you know, Israel, I think, has tried to do the best job they can. I mean, yeah, I, you kind of have to applaud them and how they've been meticulous. I mean, a lot of governments would never, I mean, a lot of people were never that meticulous when they were fighting war, including the United States. I mean, we bombed the hell out of people and didn't ask how the civilians were in Japan and Germany and other areas, frankly. Am I overstating anything clear? I mean, come on. Why is it such no, a you're, you're, double you're standard? No, you're not overstating at all. And uh, as you say, the history of warfare is awful. It's ugly. And uh, unfortunately, very often there are unintended civilian casualties. Um, but here's the other thing to think about um, in, in, in respect to Israel and Gaza. Right. Number one, there is not a military force on the face of the earth that is as devoted to ethical, moral uh, operations as is the IDF. Amen. Uh, they have warned people ahead of time to get they out send of the out they send out memos operations. and they drop things from the sky they, they tell drop people leaflets what, i mean who does that in a to war? tell them which way to go how to uh, when they were attacking right. in the northern part of gaza right. which roads would be open to go to the south all of that um, hey, hey, clear let me ask you this clear let me ask you this specific and very careful about precision bombing i right, mean they right, can right. send a a a missile a rocket into a window mm -hmm. of an apartment building right, at right. a Hamas jihadi terrorist target and the rest of the building is not affected this is how they operate yeah and they also remarkable. in the tunnels you know i i think what i should say here is there's there's also um no people i think on earth with more reverence for human life for the preservation of human life right uh, let me so ask you this please i, I understand clear that they have the fourth most and i've, I've read tell, correct me on this or not that they have the fourth most uh uh whatever you want to for the better word here i don't have it in front of me but successful military powerful military in the world is that a true statement would you would you uh yeah i mean it it probably is, um, but but the point that I'm making here is that the the IDF, the Israeli military, puts its own troops in danger in the tunnels and in other operations against these Hamas jihadis in order to safeguard to the extent they can civilian life. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was afraid that of that. That is actually. why they're yeah. they're pursuing. Yeah the operations as they are in Gaza and in the tunnels, yeah. number one, to see if they can find and rescue any more of the hostages, because that's a top priority. And by the way, I think that the government of Benjamin Netanyahu was right to enter into that pause in operational uh, activity for a time. They, re they recovered about 100 or more hostages during that time what did you hear about those claire right. what what they have you heard about those hostages? the israeli people what have you heard did. about the hostages as far as their well-being and the reports after they were discovered oh horrific stories coming out how the women were treated how the children were treated um uh, horrific things um and and we can only wonder uh, you know how the remaining hostages are being treated yeah. um and and here you know speaking of unra by the way which which uh, we were talking about a bit earlier it turns out that some of these hostages 
were actually held in UNRWA facilities, including the attic of one of the UNRWA officials' homes. What did I say to you? What did I say? What did I say? What, exactly. Right? I mean, what did I say? You that they're part of it. That's what I said. UNRWA, U-N-R-W-A. I mean, they're buffoons. They're part of the problem. Ilana called them complicit. Yeah, they're more than complicit. I mean, these people are the problem. And then they come across as some international body that gives well, a rat's ass. I, I mean, mean come you on. know, over what, 80, 90 percent of the UNRWA employees in Gaza yeah. are Hamas. Exactly. You know, they're not from some other place. It's all one and the same now. They are now. from Gaza. All, they yeah, are Hamas. Yeah. yeah, it's all one and the same there. Ilana, have, what have you heard about, back to Clear's point, please, about the hostages? I mean, I'm wondering, I, some of the reports I've seen, that they were, I mean, uh, we know what happened on the 7th. I mean, God knows, as Clear, you just said, how they're treating these folks. You heard any specific reports about some of these people that, uh, what they've, what they've uh, said? Ilana? One of the things that's happening um, with these um, former hostages is that they are, are they've gone back, they've gotten medical treatment, and they are trying to keep as many as possible with family, not in medical facilities. Okay. Um, there is a, a a man named Danny Braun, who is uh, the uh, the director of of the Israel Psychotrauma Center, and he has spent his entire career studying and developing. Uh, protocols for dealing with people who have been through uh, uh, this tremendous trauma. And what he says is that the main issue that needs to be restored for these people is a sense of control. Because when they were under with, the, with Hamas, they had no control. They lost all their personal control, they, their control about when they went to the bathroom, when they when they ate, when everything that they, what they were allowed to do when they spoke, um, for example, um, well, they were uh, prisoners. They, I mean, right? Well, for, when they when they first brought the kids in, they beat them, yeah. children. Yeah. They beat them, and and they raped the women, and they had, um, and then they gave them they gave some of the children drugs in order to keep them quiet, and they kept them drugged for weeks. Um, this is, it was just, well, that's what horrendous. I said. How do you go on with life? If, and some of these people well, that the brutal rapists and everything that's happened, I mean, come on. Well, it's this is exactly what, um, what Donnie Brom was talking about. This is, and this is what he has studied. And now he is, he is in charge of the, the organization that is taking, that is supervising the, the, the kind of, it's not a debriefing, but it's, it's a, um, the the unloading of all this trauma slowly slowly with uh, with families and one of the problems with the stories we're hearing is that these are um, they come through the filter of family members without independent verification so they offer a hint of what their ordeal was but um, they they um, they they understand that most of the two hundred and forty hostages that. Uh, were seized on October seventh. They're still in in. They're still in Hamas hands. So they're saying so, a lot of them are still alive, Alana. We don't know. Okay. We don't know. Okay. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Um. And 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 this is something. But this is something that is part of the trauma. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it, it is It is awful. I mean, we've always known it was going to be awful. And as Clay was saying, it is a fact of life. It is a fact of war here. Uh, all right, listen, in the time what we've got here, we've got about five minutes. I'd like to each take a couple of minutes. Clear, let me start with you and then Alana, come back to you on this question here. Clear, let's step back a moment here. We're now into like uh, 65, 66 days of this thing, uh, well over a couple of months of it. Everything that has transpired, we see it. Um, what do you, what, how does this play out? What, be an expert, uh, your expertise in knowing the region, knowing the area, seeing where Israel is right now with Hamas. I hear a lot of different reports how close they are to the end or not. What do you see happening here in the next 30 to 60 days here, please? What's your forecast? Well, you know, from the statements that we're hearing from uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu himself uh, and his top uh you know, military commanders, uh, Yoav Gallant, the uh, Minister of Defense and so forth, um, they are uh, currently operating in the southern part of the Gaza Strip, specifically in Khan Yunus, which like the northern part in Gaza City, crisscrossed underground with tunnels. Uh, that is going to take a number of weeks yet to finish and to clear out in those operations. So they have very specifically said they expect this to continue for another number of weeks, if not a couple of months, into January, certainly of 2024. Uh, but it's necessary because they are united. And it seems the people of Israel are united with them, behind them, the leadership, determined to absolutely end the possibility of Hamas or Pij, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, ever again to threaten uh, the people of Israel uh, or or the existence of, of the Jewish state of Israel. So yeah. they will complete that operation um, as expeditiously, uh, surely, as they can, but they're not going to stop because of pressure from United States, you know, Secretary of State Antony Blinken or our uh, security advisor, Jake Sullivan, or anybody else, or comments from President Biden they know what they have to do in order to protect Israel, protect the people of Israel, and survive. This is existential for them. So I think it'll go on, yes, for at least a number of more weeks, maybe even a couple yeah. more months. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the reports I'm hearing as well. Ilana, that uh, very much uh, beyond the end of the year, probably right into January somewhere. Um, you know, and then with all the conflict here, what do you see, Ilana? Well, I, I think that... Uh that America's and under Biden's uh, their blatant interference into Israel's government because they're even calling in, in Biden's words, he, he called for a change in government. He called for, yeah. for Netanyahu to, to make changes in his government. This is way out of line. Yeah. Israel's security is, is, is essential. And, no one knows it better than the people who live there and the people who are in this. There is a, a war cabinet now. Um, and these people understand that the threat from Hamas and not only from Hamas, but from Hezbollah and from Islamic Jihad and from um, the Palestinian Authority, um, it, which is inside Israel. Uh, these are all existential threats and nobody has the right to take away the life of a country and yeah. to snuff out the, 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 the people who live there, which is what 
Hamas wants to do. And it's it the in in talking about Gaza, I I agree completely with what uh, Claire has said. Um, I believe it will be um, as I've said before uh, within the next few weeks or at least a couple of months um, by the end of by the end of January. The, what what Israel is what the IDF is specifically is doing in Gaza is extraordinary. They've taken a a ground war, which is the most dangerous kind of war, and they have step by step, building by building, they have completely demolished the um, yeah. the Hamas infrastructure. Well, however, however, yeah. I, I want to just say that that it's not over because there is still the the activity on the West Bank, which is Hamas. And they're still there, um, and they are they are they are preparing to fight. And in fact, it, it, Israeli forces went into uh, uh, the town of Janin and found two tunnels leading to Israeli towns, and rockets and bomb making factories, three of them. Yeah. And 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 uh, so that that's going on, and they're planning attacks. And then uh, Israel is being bombarded by um, uh, rockets from from um, uh, Lebanon. Yeah, on yes, the northern yeah, border. That's still so the war is yeah. not over. This yeah. is still going on, and Israel yeah. is going to have to address it at some point. Yeah. But Gaza comes first. Yeah, this is interesting. And then the other questions in quandary become, you know, as people are already talking about, what happens to Gaza afterward? I mean, Gaza right now looks like hell on earth. I mean, it's just rubble everywhere. It's a mess. And, and then, as Claire and Alana were saying, with flood in the water and the seawater in there and everything else. I mean, uh, I don't know, man. It's going to be uh, just a nothing land, wasteland, basically. Um, I'm not sure you're going to have to worry about occupying that land right away for sure. Uh, it's a disaster. But there wasn't very limited, there were no other alternatives, actually, really, to get these terrorists, get the cockroaches out of there, uh, basically. The problem is now they're running all over the place as cockroaches do. I mean, uh, we see that. We see the leadership in Qatar. We see all what's happening there. And they've got to find the head of these people and take them out. There's a lot more to this thing, obviously. And with Iran, and why, don't, why doesn't anybody just call Iran out for who they are and what they are? And with what's going on with the Houthis, what's going on with Lebanon, with uh, Hezbollah and all. I mean, we know who where this is all coming from. Yet people pretend that it's something different and it's not. I mean, come on. So let's be adults in the room and at least admit what needs to be admitted and deal with the problem, you know? Wow. It's uh, it's an area of the world that has uh, throughout our entire life has been so volatile. And uh, But it comes to the core of the fight of good and evil. It comes to the core of really humanity. It's more than just a geopolitical affair. It's far more than that, friends. Uh, it's a war of all time. And it's being played out here, which is why people are nervous and very concerned with how, what this can set off in the world. Uh, people are watching, and it's happening in our lifetimes. History is uh, is in the making uh, as we talk here. A tremendous thank you to Ilana Friedman, to Claire Lopez, and for your uh, expertise and your support and uh, getting the truth out there, for sure. Uh, friends, it's all back there at AmericaOutloud.news. Thank you for joining us on the mission here, as always. It's time to get involved and get loud. America. Thank you.